0: How are you guys doing? You all right? Do you want me to stand up at all and stretch? Do you want to? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Take a moment there. Stand up and stretch. Let it out. I mean, I can feel it. It's all good. It's all good. We we still got some. I want people to be fresh, not just for me, but for everybody else that's going to come after me. So take it out. Let it out. And when you're ready, you can sit your butt back down. All right. So again, my name is Brian LaDuca and I am a Alumni here graduated in the first graduating class from the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film with an MFA in directing for both theater and stage. So I came here from five, six, seven, and eight, but um, was back a few more times. But I haven't been back in a while, um, and I'm about to tell you why. And um, right behind me is something we call the ikigai. Okay, the ikigai is a Japanese concept for the purpose of being or reason for being, okay? So I'm showing this to you because I want you to know I'm not lying in the next few slides. And this is paper, it still exists, not knowing after the last few conversations we've had if actually, if ever this stuff still works. So this is an Ikigai, okay? And so this, I'm gonna go over what it does in a second, but we fill it out. We need me and my students and my faculty, and my staff, so we can get to a purpose. So, for me, and literally, I just did this for the first time ever this week, even though I've been advising and teaching through it for like three years, so that tells you. There's an outer ring that you have to answer first, and those are what I love, what the world needs, what can, be paid, what can I be paid for, and what am I good at? You see, so what I love, being a parent, a teacher, a learner, an impact agent. What the world needs? Patience, understanding, action, growth. Now these are my, my personal answers, right? What can, be, what can I be paid for? Teaching, influence, visioning. When I, I am good at listening, but not at home, not the best listener with my wife and my kids, but we're working on that, right? Process, actionizing, consensus building. We ask every student who comes to our system, my institute, which I'll introduce you in a second, these questions right at the start of their first year and they sit on these questions. We work them through these questions. So they can start to recognize what this is. Their passion, their mission, their vocation, and their profession. So for me, passion, to move want for global change into a reality through collaborative action. So you see here, you know, you've got my answers here, and it takes me into the inside of the Ikigai. Mission, to be a supportive and loving man focused on the process of mental and physical growth for humanity. Vocation, to educate, not for today, but for the continuous better tomorrow. And profession, to be a dream builder that finds the groundswells of support and the map to make it a reality. Let me tell you, as a 39-year-old male, a 39-year-old human who considers that I actually have a job that I love, trying to put these stuff on paper in the last year has been very interesting. Because when you watch your students do it, the sky's the limit for them. They start to dream big. And all of a sudden for us, as these adults, right, who are fractured and have expectations, it's really difficult to hone in on your profession. That was a trick for us. And then the third level. So here's the difference. The guy stops typically at passion, mission, profession, and um, a vocation. But we have done has developed the third ring which is inside here. These gray spots, these spots right here are typically not. And we've added action. And that's going to be a key part of the conversation with you today. Action. Develop a process for action. Advocate for future-forward education. Serve those who identify as continuous learners and innovate how dreams become reality. So I can develop this. My purpose is to help humanity grow through a transformative education process that will identify dreams that can become realities which will directly influence a better, more confident global tomorrow. Now, whimsical. I get it, right? I put that together in like a half a day on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. But imagine the process when you can take students through this process starting their first year and have them answer those outer questions. And work with them as they start to try to figure out who they are as individuals from both from a disciplinary space and a purpose space, right? So then you start to look in and start recognizing that you become bigger than the degree. That I'm no longer, hi, my name is Lewis, and I'm a mechanical engineer. But hi, my name is Lewis. And I'm looking to try to change flight and train patterns for people with low-level autism because my brother is autistic. That's why I'm a mechanical engineer. This is just one part of what we do. But it's been a very interesting part because just two months ago, we were granted eighth place in the world from IDEO on the goals of the future of higher education challenge for our Ikigai Plus model. And we have just signed with the United States Department of Education Technology to begin to roll this out across the nation, including the globe, both in a person-to-person, humane sense, me and you talking, touching, feeling, which is still important, no matter what anybody says in this room today, I still wanna be touched and hugged and told things are good in person, but also put things into an application so that it can have access globally. So I, again, my name is Brian LaDuca. I am the director and the founder and creator of the Institute of Applied Creativity for Transformation at Art Street at the University of Dayton. Real quick, I've been at the University of Dayton since 2012. I got hired to be the director for that one word under there, Art Street. When I arrived at the University of Dayton, Art Street was a traditional art center in the middle of the student neighborhood at the University of Dayton. For those who don't know about the University of Dayton, it is a Catholic Marianist private institution, roughly about 10,000 students. For those who don't know what Marianists are, they are the hippies of the Catholic religion. Um, look it up, uh, um, and so it also has a 98% residential campus, which means 98% of the students live on campus, and every home is owned by the university. So my building is smack dab in this space, right? And I have 58 students that live in my facility. and My facility has a volume of different playgrounds inside of it. Everything from a recording studio to what then was multiple art studios, classrooms, um, um, stuff like that. So the amphitheater, we have an amphitheater as well. So one of the things that we decided to do was recognizing when I got there in 2012 that the student population living in my space, they were not art majors. Everybody thought they were. Everybody who wasn't there, or even people there, thought art street meant art majors. Yet I had students from engineering from bio, from communications, from journalism, from psychology, you name it, they were living there. I had this wicked ecosystem that resembled the rest of the world in this university, smack dab in in the student neighborhood. The problem was they kept saying, I don't like how I'm getting taught. Lectures and labs are not allowing me to do more bigger things than your facility does. They didn't understand. They didn't understand the difference of why they chose to live in this facility that had all this fun playground stuff, yet when they had to leave, they would go to class and have to be told about something from somebody who learned it 20 to 30 years prior to them. And all of a sudden, we were starting to see this gigantic gap happening, a huge gap happening. I had a bunch of faculty and staff in October of 2013 sit down and I just said, listen, I'm confused about why our students are confused. I'm confused about our purpose as educators, and I'm confused about why you even care to teach in my facility. And so really, I was trying to get some kind of strategic planning, visioning thing happening here, but no, nobody wants to be saying, hey, can you come over and help me with my strategic plan? Let's be honest. So what I did was, got a sommelier in there, some wine, some food and drank, and just said, hey, we're going to have a wine and visioning party, um, so try it. I highly recommend it here. Trust me, it works. And literally, October 13, 2013, I still have the bottle of wine, all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. And everybody started talking things about stuff that was happening on the coasts. You know, the D School, and the USC's uh, Iveen and Young Academy, and stuff in Vanderbilt, and Georgia Tech. And we were like, well, we could do this. I have a building. I've got crazy students. I've got crazy faculty and staff who aren't supposed to be here right now, but they're here playing with me right now. So, like, because we got to remember, I'm under the provost office. I have, I have an academic, I, I'm not under an academic unit right now, okay? So, what I ended up doing here was next was this. We sat down and mapped out the conversation of what it is that we need to do and how do we teach it. And we developed Applied Creativity, which is new idea creation for action across all disciplines of study. Apply creativity is about being able to harness imagination and vision to effectively implement unexpected, and you see it up there. What I'm about to run you through is literally the development of a brand new pedagogy and a curriculum that I guarantee you can work here, and I'd love to play with you on this process here. It's a mindset, it is transdisciplinary learning and humanity centered design. We've heard a lot of talk in here about multi and interdisciplinary. I'll tell you one thing that's different about TRANS. TRANS brings everybody to the table to work on the solution to a problem together. Intern and multi tend to bring, you solve the problem or you are solving the problem within your scope and bringing your solutions and your stuff into the space and we're gonna try to work on our solved problems together rather than trying to actually solve the problem together. Hugely different and also influences the ability to be able to collaborate across the silos of our university and humanity centered design not human-centered design like you might see in some of the spaces, you know, humanity center. This goes back to the purpose. If you don't know who you are and who you are in the role of mankind and the group, you can't help it build new experiences for mankind. So we've got to work together in trying to understand the humanity of this all, and it's a process. So I told you about the Ikigai the vehicle for academic intentionality, creative experiential exploration, and purpose-based discernment. That's the purpose. But the pedagogy is ideation, disruption, and aha. And when you put both of those together, you start to get a brand new student. And as a pedagogy, we work it this way. It's really, how do you create idea? And how do you create idea that can change and create action across the disciplines of study? It's the ability to say, I can do something with my work. So ideation, and this is how we teach in every single class, in every single professional aspect that I'm about to show you as well. Ideation is content, ambiguity, and tension. So you start off with the understanding of what it is in the room. Every one of you walked in the room today with a sense of what is going on in here, wonderment. That's content, and you didn't know what was gonna happen today, and that's ambiguity. And then you have an emotional gut feel about that, and that's tension but we tend to stop there as humans. We tend to stop there even as we teach, stay in the tension space, that's where theory's built. What happens if I could disrupt it and break it and make it become actionable? So we teach them collaboration and empathy. Those can flip depending on what you're trying to do, right? I may need empathy first, I may either need to recognize your journey before I can collaborate with you and vice versa, or in collaboration it has to come first so I can spend time with you. I can understand who you are and why we do things together. And then we work together on the aha, the new ideation, the new knowledge that transforms the content back. This might look kind of familiar for many of you. It's the problem play. It's Henrik Gibson, it's George Bernard Shaw. We teach now in the same way that our people recognize as story. We teach through story. We watch sitcoms we watch movies, we understand plot development. So if you can take plot development and narrative structure and put it in play to solve solutions or make new marketable ideas, anybody can do it because we all have a purpose and we all have a story. So if you look at exposition and situation and unraveling as ideation, disruption and aha, you transfer filmmaking and theater making and other kinds of story and t- storytelling devices into a class. And as a practice, the student no longer expects to know what they enter the room. Are they characters? Are they narrators, antagonists, protagonists? It's not about telling the students anymore what he or she needs. It's about becoming the narrow design of problem solving together. This class right here, this was myself, the head of human rights program and the head of career services talking about the DOD defense spending in America based on the needs and wants of cultural desires. And so right here, they're dealing with, and it was based on something, it was connected to other things. We're a gateway. Our classes are gateways. They are connections, it's additive learning. It's all additive. And our outcome looks like this. Critical perspectives, creative confidence and innovative application. If you can teach the student and the faculty and staff to say and ask how and why. That it's okay to ask how and why. Not because you might fail, but because you fail fast and fail forward. You begin to build a modicum of confidence that allows their critical eye to not be judged. We remove the binary of the yes and no and the failure and success, but really we put that all together in a practice model that allows you the fearless possibilities to innovate within their systems. So you've got to break down the binary of of pass and fail in order to allow our next generation of learners and our next generation of educators to have the confidence to go in and disrupt, to be that disruptor we keep hearing about, right? And because of all this, we become the very first university in the nation to have the first academic certificate focused on specifically applied creativity. This is a quote from our newest university president, Dr. Eric Spina, who was at Syracuse for the last couple years, now he's ours. And we're gonna be the first university in the country in which every student will take at least one course in innovation, humanity-centered applied creativity and entrepreneurial thinking. So when you get that, you start to get these curriculum pieces. Now this is a framework for everything else. We're applied, we don't exist without you. I'm not cutting out the disciplines. I'm not saying it's not important to understand business and finance and any of those, and and, and statics. But if you take that and run it through creative confidence in these ways, you begin to be able to develop four-dimensional, installational design to create problem solving. So our students now have the ability not to just say, I wrote a paper, or a white paper, or a PowerPoint, but I built something. I built a world. I built a room. I built an experience that now might look at Autistic travel on planes and trains mixed with safe green space for PTSD in relationship to uh, cars and other kind of automation, automated technologies. We're building experiences to test. And that brings us to our professional experience. So all of this combined is great, but it needs something to lean into, right? We've got to do something with it. So we run the collaboration accelerator And this accelerator is our summer initiative that kickstarts our entire studies in the fall and the spring. What you do is you bring multiple disciplines of study from the student population in the mix with our fellows, faculty, fellows, and staff, to start working together on trying to solve. Solve, I use that loosely, because we're not trying to, it's a constant learning device. We're constantly moving. But we're trying to get these ideas from these corporations and companies. The Air Force Research Lab, Emerson Climate Technologies. For those who don't know who Emerson is, they run every single coolant and heating capacity pieces in all of what you have in your house. Ascend Biomedical, the library systems, the researchers, Crush Technology is one of the leading and new, one of the new apps, relationship apps, dating apps in the globe. And they come to us and they say, we've got a challenge. But it's not like I need a widget. They're not, I'm not a commercial, I don't tech transfer. But what we do is we trying to find a way to make that idea their, ne- their need, push it forward so they can do something bigger than they never thought of. So when you start taking an AFRL and their ideas, an Emerson, and you collide them together over 12 weeks, you start presenting new potential marketable ideas for their companies because M- AFRL would have never went to the libraries to say I have this idea or I need this. We find the intersections in that disruption that allows to make things very real for everybody. And so when you have these spaces like that, oh, I'm gonna jump ahead, but that's okay. I'm gonna get to some of the final pieces of those puzzles, but I'll show you. Because last year, one of the big pieces we did last year, Emerson came to us and asked us, we need to know the, what is the future of connectivity in 2050. And so what we did was we built them a room. I built them an experience to walk through, pass through and touch. And as you touched that space, and as you felt that space, you began to understand what human connectivity was, and they walked away with a catalog that they were allowed to use anytime they sat down to talk about potential heating and cooling aesthetics. So why? You can see this right here right now. We have a skills gap. We've talked about it a thousand times today. You cannot prepare students for the future if we don't know where the jobs are going to be in the future. We've got to teach our students to be able to use skills and tools that are much different to prepare them, to move them forward for a malleable, pivotable, nimble design of what happens after graduation. And how? It's your ecosystem. Senior leaders, administrators of this university, you've got to support and be prepared to find those faculty and staff who are willing to go to bat and try out these experiences and experiments in your class and in the community. Our mayor, Nan Whaley, is very supportive of this. And the impact? you can see here, this contextual. It adds multi-layers. It adds and creates humanity in the face of all this technology that is occurring. It allows us not just to simply look at the tech as a need for money or profit, but it allows us to check it out and understand why we need it and who needs it, and who doesn't have it, and how can we bring it to you regardless of what I study in discipline. And next, Would you like you? You're getting this new space, that's my new space. 120,000 square feet in the arcade in the center of the city of Dayton. That second floor will be mine as we develop a brand new social innovation look that merges business, engineering, and applied creativity along with other forms to think about everything outside of the silos of teaching and learning, but really look at a playground for the mind, a playground for the community, and a playground for the city. So when you talk about emerging media arts at the very end here, You've gotta do five things, I'm telling you. These are examples of what we worked on last year in our collaboration accelerator. The idea of connectivity, the idea of drone usage in America, and 3D manufacturing for vertical farming systems in underdeveloped cities and urban markets. You've got to build experiences. All of this tech means nothing if it doesn't have a soul. And you've got to know what the soul is and why you need the soul. You've gotta be able to allow the students to believe they can change the world. Do not sit on their dreams. Allow them to dream, dream with them. Meet them where they are. You've got to learn with them. You've got to become with them. 360 degrees of learning, a flat hierarchy, communication and storytelling. Thank you everybody.